during our time of prayer and intercession, I've been using that little pamphlet to guide our prayers. The very first thing in Acts is the A stands for affirming God's presence. He is here with us. He is right here. On my truck, I have a license plate on the front and it says, Jesus. And I put it on the front of my truck because God's Word says, Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. As we begin this time of adoration, God is with us. We affirm His presence. And that's what I want to do throughout the time that I have this morning is to affirm the very presence of God. He is mighty to save. We need His presence among us because all have sinned and fall short the glory of God. And we confess that as Alan led us in prayer earlier. But that confession doesn't stop right there. It goes into thanksgiving. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless His holy name. Forget not none of His benefits. Lynn, you and Steve Farnsworth come this way. Come on, old man. Go that way. Go that way. All right. There you go. Okay. All right. Thanksgiving opens us up to be able to come before the Lord, to come before Him and lay our needs at His feet. And we're a needy people, aren't we? We're always praying for one another, and that's the best thing that we can do is save people, is pray for one another. Pray for those who don't know Jesus, that they might. What a wonderful name it is, what a powerful name. Let's go to the Lord in prayer now. And what I want to invite you to do, since you can't raise your hand and I can't take prayer requests, is I just welcome you and invite you to pray with me, to pray along with me with the things that the Lord has laid on your heart right now, this morning. So with those instructions in mind, I'm going to mention a few people by name. But you mention the people the Lord has given to you by name too as we pray. Lord Jesus we thank you that we can sit on this place, that we can see the beauty of your creation. We can see the leaves of the trees clapping their hands as we worship you. So Lord, I want to pray for my friend Bo and Shorty. Tomorrow as they go in for knee and hip replacements. Thank you for hearing our prayers for our students. We've gotten through a week, Lord Jesus. But we continue to pray not only for them, but their teachers and their administration. We pray for wisdom. We pray for endurance. We pray, Lord, that we would humble ourselves before you and before each other. Lord, I just give you thanks for our church ministers, for our elders. You've been with us, helping us all along the way. I know Young Life has been meeting over here and we'll be meeting over in the picnic shelter following this service. We just pray for August and Madison, all the leaders of Young Life and Christian Campus Fellowship, Jim and Mariana. Lord, you have blessed us. Lord, we know that some are in great battles. And we continue to pray for Dan, 
We pray for the Henleys. I pray for a fishing guide, Captain Rick. I told him this morning we'd be praying for him as a church. I pray for Natalie and I pray for Nat. And I thank you for Isabella and her continuing improvement. Lord, we want to lift up our elders among us as well. We pray for Bob. We pray for those caring for him. Lord, for each of us, for faith, perseverance, for courage and protection and provision, we join Paul in praying as he prays to the Ephesians. Open the eyes of our heart that we may know the hope to which we are called, the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints, and your incomparably great power for us who believe. Now what we've been doing out here is we've been meeting in the parking lot. What I want you to know is we're also going full steam ahead with preparations to keep you safe inside. Be in prayer for us as those preparations are already not only planned, but are taking place. So let's affirm our belief together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, was anointed with the Holy Spirit and went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead and buried. He descended to the dead, but on the third day he was raised to life. Hallelujah. He, he ascended to heaven and he sits at the right hand of the Father. And guess what he does there? He intercedes for us. Hallelujah. Now he'll come again. He'll come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the holy and universal church. The communion of saints and the forgiveness of sins. The resurrection of the body. And the life everlasting. Amen. As Alan has said, this is a special day. Of course, every Sunday is a special day. But this is a special day for my family. Almost 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago, I built a house for Chief and Mom across the street from us. As Alan said, Chief was his mentor. Well, before he was Alan's mentor, he was my mentor. I believe, if I remember correctly, Alan had just began his role as head pastor here. And Chief had had a stroke. Chief asked me, I need my pastor. And Alan went over to see Chief. Chief 
always called Alan Pastor. Pastor Alan. So today, August 23rd, 2020, would have been Dr. Buddy Price's, a.k.a. Chief's, 100th birthday. Chief always said he had 2020 vision. His vision included preaching on his 100th birthday. And you got me, sorry. <laughs> and then continuing in prayer for each one of us. My wife's vision for 2020 was to have Chief's children grandchildren and great-grandchildren here at Banner Elk Christian Fellowship to remember and celebrate the rich heritage that is ours because Chief was anything but a chief. He was actually our assistant usher. Wouldn't ever take the title of head usher. That belonged to Cyclone and Karen. He was a humble servant who lived his life, and this is what we're going to concentrate on today, fixing his eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of his faith. Today, my vision is to fix our eyes on Jesus. Therefore, we do not lose heart. For our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we, what? Fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We'll begin with Hebrews eleven twenty-seven. It says this, By faith, Moses persevered because he saw him who is invisible. If we're going to persevere through 2020, we need to fix our eyes and see him who is invisible. How do we do that? Let me go back from 2020 to 1414 B.C. Because, see, it was at this time that our story begins. Fourteen fourteen BC in the land of Egypt. Abortion was the law of the land. Every Hebrew boy was to be killed as soon as he was born. And although the plagues and the Nile virus had not yet begun, God's people had been quarantined in the land of Goshen in cruel bondage for 400 years. And yet, during this time, because of God's promise, Yet during this time they had prospered and grown in number to over 2 million. Now folks, that's about the size of Charlotte Metro. 
It's during this horrific time that Moses is born. His parents were both from a priestly lineage and refused to obey the law of the land. Civil disobedience. They hid Moses in a basket along the banks of the Nile. Moses is now three months old in a basket on the banks of the Nile. He's discovered by Pharaoh's daughter who will later adopt him and raise him in an Egyptian privilege. Moses will grow up to look like an Egyptian, talk like an Egyptian, and yes, walk like an Egyptian. Moses will even walk like an Egyptian. Now let's fast forward as our story continues. Moses is now 40 years old. He decides to leave his penthouse in the Sands Hotel and sets out to visit his fellow Israelites who are slaving away building food storage facilities for Pharaoh. Moses sees one of his brothers being mistreated by an Egyptian and becomes a social justice warrior. He looks this way and he looks that way. And seeing no one, he kills the Egyptian and buries him in the sand. Pharaoh hears of this and puts out an APB bulletin to have Moses arrested and killed on sight. Moses calls his brother Aaron, tells him what happened. And Moses says, this is the second worst day of my life. And Aaron ponders that for a minute and he asks his younger brother, well, what's the first, what's the worst day of your life, Moses? And Moses says, I don't know, it hadn't happened yet. Now we see that Moses is on the far side of the desert. I mean as far away as you can run and he comes to Mount Horeb. The word Horeb means wasted or to lay in ruins. A perfect description of Moses' life so far. Alone, with only a few sheep for company. Can you imagine 40 years in a desert with a few sheep? For, and they're not even your sheep. They're his father-in-laws. And then, what, Dominic? Burn a burning bush. And then, a burning bush. And Moses says, I'll go over and see why the bush does not burn up. This is the moment in Moses' life, our life, when we begin to see Him who is invisible. We're created by a good God who has endowed us with five senses. Can y'all help me taste, touch, sound, 
I ain't got that's last. That's last. Smell. Uh, my wife has 20-20 smell. She says I always stink. And I've got to get a needle in my eye just to preserve my sight. But these are physical senses. Jesus tells us that God is spirit. And that we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And to do this, we've been also created with spiritual senses. As well as physical ones. Listen again now as I read from Paul's prayer to the church at Ephesus. To us. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened so that you may know the hope to which He has called you. The riches of His glorious inheritance and His incomparably great power for us who believe. Now I'm to my first point. In order to see Him who is invisible, we must turn aside and open the eyes of our heart. What happens when Moses sees a burning bush? When he sees fire? You see, when Moses sees fire, he's seeing... When Moses sees fire, Fire is the symbol of God's presence. The symbol. I must turn aside and see. He sees fire. And what I'm going to get to is he's not seeing God. He's seeing fire. The symbol of God's presence with his physical eyes. But with the eyes of his heart He's starting to see Him who is invisible. During the next 40 years, as Moses leads God's people out of Egypt and to the promised land, he becomes more and more aware of God's presence. And it is then said about Moses that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Now Moses did not see, as I've already said, with his physical eyes, him who is invisible. The term face to face simply means an awareness of God's presence that forms an open and intimate friendship. Moses became more and more aware of the presence of God as he turned his eyes to Him. Listen to what Paul tells us in 1 Timothy. God, the blessed and only ruler, King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal, and who lives in light unapproachable, of whom no one has seen, or can see to him be glory forever. Moses was 120 years old when he died. Yet his eyes
And I believe this means his eyes plural, not just two, but four. The eyes of his physical sight and the eyes of his heart. Yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. By faith he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Now to my second point. Spiritual vision, 2020 vision, that sees him who is invisible also sees clearly one's own spiritual condition. Moses hides his face. Moses says, I can't do it. Moses says, who am I? Humility is a certain characteristic of one who sees him who is invisible. Humility is the retina of the spiritual eye that captures the image of the one who is invisible. And God says, take off your sandals. The place where you're standing is holy ground. Mount Horeb is holy ground. You see, the place of our sin, the place of our failure, the place of our wastedness, is holy ground because God meets us at our place of need. Now Moses is said was a very humble man. More humble than anyone on earth. And I believe it because he saw him who is invisible. God says to Moses, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I'm concerned about their suffering and I have come to rescue them and bring them into a good and spacious place. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now here's God's plan for Moses. I'm sending you, Moses, to bring my people out of Egypt. Now let me tell you something about God's plan. This isn't really part of what I'm doing, but I'm going to tell you something about God's plan. You can't know God's plan for your life without knowing His presence in your life. Once Moses was aware of the very presence of God, the plan of God made sense to Moses. So Moses speaks to God, and again now, face to face, as a friend. How do friends speak face to face? Like this. You gotta be kidding. You gotta be kidding. I've been tending sheep for the last 40 years. Just a few of them in a place where I don't see anybody. And I don't want to see anybody. And besides that, I'm 80 years old. What are you thinking about? Besides that, if I go back, they'll kill me. I won't last a minute. Now here's the most important thing. If you don't hear nothing else today, I want you to hear this. This is my last point. God says, I will be with you. 
That's the most important thing a human being needs to know is that God is with us. And thanks be to God, that's the number one promise in the Bible. When God affirmed His promise to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob, He says, I will be with you. When He called Moses to deliver His people from Egypt, He said, I will be with you. As Joshua was taking over command from Moses at his death to lead the people across the Jordan and into the promised land, this is what God said to Joshua. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. The Lord was with David as he walked through the valley of the shadow of death. The Lord was with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace as he was with Daniel in the lion's den. Now listen to this. When the king of Judah asked the prophet Isaiah for a sign, Isaiah replied, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And you will call him Emmanuel because what? Huh? Because God is with us. Now that's 700 and something years before this prophecy takes place. But listen to this as we open up Matthew's Gospel. Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. As the Gospel closes, we hear these words from our Lord and Savior. Surely, I will be with you always. Surely, I will be with you always. In 2020, God is with us. As we sang Waymaker, God is here. He's moving among us. He's in our midst. Surely, I will never leave you. I am with you always let's go back now to corinthians therefore we do not lose heart for our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen for what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal by faith moses persevered because he saw him who was invisible. Since we're surrounded, church, because we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, I say Moses would be in that cloud, and Chief would be in that cloud, and Karen's in that cloud. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. 
Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And now, to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor, glory, forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.